What is up, guys? My name's Jordan. I'm with my old man, Howie, and welcome to episode 18 of the Jacob's Dynasty Sports Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of our show. Very exciting tonight for us because we actually have our first returning guest, um, he joined us during the football season, uh, fantasy football expert, one of the top ranked experts in the country by fantasy pros as it relates to football. So we figured we'd bring him back again for basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool that he also has an expertise in basketball as well, because I think Jordan and I find that you usually have fantasy experts who specialize in one area. Um, and, and it's very uncommon to find people who specialize in basketball and football. So without further ado, uh, joining us from Pro- Talk Primetime, New Life Fantasy, and Fantasy, Fantasy Six Pack, want to welcome Jacob Dunn back to the show. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Howie. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me back on. I really enjoyed myself the last time I was on talking football, and I am pumped to talk about basketball with you guys. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. Uh, we know you're very busy. And for our listeners out there, it's actually Jacob's anniversary. So he's taken time out of that special day in his life to join with us. So we want to get on with the show so he can get back to those family responsibilities as well. Uh, Jacob, we, we thought we'd just start with you telling us a little bit about how you got involved in fantasy basketball. Last time you were on, you told us about fantasy football. So just curious to get a little background on how you how you developed your love for fantasy basketball as well. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, when I was about 12 years old, I started playing fantasy basketball, and I've been playing ever since. I'm 29 now, so over 17 years now, I, I have loved fantasy basketball. And I used to ask an expert in the field, his name is Starks, some fantasy basketball questions, and he he invited me into a, a listener league and he saw all of my credentials um i don't know if you know on yahoo it gives you a rating okay and he saw that i had a diamond rating and he asked me have you ever thought about writing and truth be told i have always wanted to be a writer um it was my dream to be a sports writer a fantasy analyst i just didn't know it was possible until you know pretty much Starks, who is the owner and founder of New Life Fantasy, he gave me a shot and he really gave me the platform and the confidence to run with it and to be a fantasy analyst. And so that's where I got my start. And and I've just become more and more comfortable as the months have gone on. So, you know, that's where I got my start and my confidence. And now I am immersed in fantasy basketball, and I am enjoying every second of it. I love joining, sh- um, I love joining shows like yours. You know, like the father son duo. I love it. So you know, that's that's where I come from. That's my background, and that's why I'm here. Now, now, from a time standpoint, um, how how do you find it from the amount of time you have to put into basketball when teams are playing? You know, every day, every other day, sometimes back to back versus football where teams are playing once a week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Basketball is much more of a grind. And I know that you guys know that as well. I mean, it's every day you have to stay on top of it. And I love it. Like, it's not even 
a chore for me because I love basketball so much. I grew up playing it. I grew up watching it. So it's not a chore, but football, it is so much easier because you, because you have all the games on Sunday and then one on Monday, and then you have all week to digest and analyze and, you know, forecast what could happen. Whereas in basketball, you have to take a night by night and look at the minutes that the coaches are giving these players see like if there's a possible trend and see if you can forecast, you know, if that, if that level of production is sustainable, you know, like players get hot randomly. Is it because someone was injured? Is it because the coach has a player in the doghouse and that could change soon? You know, like there's so many variables that could change night by night in basketball. Whereas in football, it's much more easier to keep up with because like I said earlier, it's just one or two times a week that teams are playing. Yeah, and also, like you said, um, the starters, like, in football, when, for example, if you're looking at a guy like, I'm trying to think of an example, like Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis, for example, when Christian McCaffrey's healthy. Christian McCaffrey, you're starting every week. You're not starting Mike Davis if Christian McCaffrey's healthy. But when you're looking at basketball, if you got a guy like, I'm trying to... Think of like a right guy to use, um, like in bad like for example, Raquan Ra- Holmes, Raquan Holmes, and Marvin okay. Bagley play the mm-hmm. same position, and if Bagley comes off the bench, sometimes they're both pretty decent starters. They both get right. the points, right. unlike football where it's pretty much just the starter getting the points. Exactly, man. It's like you can start those players coming off the bench because you know that they're going to give you meaningful minutes and meaningful production, even if it's in limited time. Whereas in football, like you said, there's one guy that's going to, that's going to get all the reps and you're not playing the backup running back because you don't know what his production is going to be like, but you do know what the bench player's production is going to be like. If he sees 20 minutes or so that that is useful in terms of fantasy basketball. Yep. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think we should kick it off first thing with the All-Star starters and reserves that were just announced around 30 minutes ago. Okay. It, you know, Jordan was reading to me them to me on my, on my drive home, and we were saying, you know, obviously the Eastern Reserve's more difficult than the West, but we're interested to hear your take on the Reserves. I guess let's start with the Eastern Conference. Um, what you think of the guys who were chosen, who you think were the biggest snubs. Yeah, so I was just hoping. So when you first gave me the questions, we were going to give our guesses on who was going to make it and not. So it's really cool that the list just came out. Uh, so I, I'm a fan. As far as the reserves go, I like that Jason Tatum made it, and Ben Simmons, and Booch made it, and Zach Levine, and Jalen Brown, and Julius Randle. I think they are all. Deserving. I was surprised that James Harden isn't starting, um, but you know, I I do understand why. I assume that Kyrie's starting. I'm sorry, I don't have the exact list on me. Yeah, so yeah, no, it, it is. If you don't Kyrie. mind going over that list, that would be. It's Kyrie, Bradley Beal, KD, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and that was pretty much a given. I did think that Harden was going to start over Irving, but the rest are extremely deserving, and you know, it's pretty easy to see but I thought that Harden would get it um over over Kyrie I don't know what you guys thought did you think it's because Harden was traded to the east in mid-season or 
I think he was a coin toss. I mean, I thought Harden was going to get it too. Like, you just look at his playmaking ability, and he's played more games than Kyrie because even though Harden had to sit out from the transition to Houston to Brooklyn because of COVID, Kyrie was out for like two to three weeks because of mental issues. Well, well right. that, that's the thing that amazes me, and I guess the starters are pretty much chosen by the fans, right? It's well, just... It, it's like 50% fans. Of yeah, but yeah. to me, I sort of look at it with, with some of the mental lapses that Kyrie has had during his career. To me, it's almost like, you know, why, why are you rewarding the guy and, and letting him start if you have some influence right. in it? But I guess by the same token, you could say, look at the way that James Harden forced himself out of Houston. But still, I mean, Kyrie missed two weeks with an, in, you know, with an, mm-hmm. an absence. If he had missed two weeks with injury, would he still have made the team as a starter? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it seems, you know, we're, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more as we go through in terms of them wanting to get certain players on the team because mm-hmm. of who the players are and what it means for the league to get attention for those type of players. Like, I think with Julius Randle, well deserves to be there. Jordan and I yeah. are both Knicks fans. I think he's the okay. first Nick all-star I think Kristaps Porzingis yeah. was actually like a reserve in his second year when, who made the team. Mm-hmm. And obviously Carmelo was a perennial all-star. But, you know, I think it's good that he's there. But did he deserve it over some of the other guys who got snubbed? Or are they looking at the fact that he's a New York all-star, which is probably going to draw more fans in to watch the game? I mean, I do think some of that comes into play. You know, mm-hmm. in, in terms of who was snubbed, I mean... I, I thought that the league was going to try to put Trey Young on the team, you know, mm. b- being the up-and-comer, made it last year. And right. listen, there could still be an injury. I thought the biggest snub was Sabonis. I mean, just look at his stats oh, across yeah. the board. I mean, like Zach Levine, very talented player. Um, right. Nikola Vucevic, very talented player. But when you're looking at record, like the Magic and the Bulls are at the bottom. And then the Pacers are sitting right in the middle of like the 4, 5, 6 seed area. And Sabonis' numbers, I think, have been better than both of theirs. Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody on the Eastern squad who, who may sit out the game, have an injury or something. I, I would assume Sabonis is the next man up. I mean, but it remains... He has to be, right? I mean, like, he is just a stat monster this season. And as far as, like, a fantasy all-star goes, Sabonis is, like, a top Amazing. 10 guy. Yep. But in terms of NBA, and like you were saying earlier, Howie, it is somewhat of a popularity contest but they are allowing these first-time all-stars to get in like zach levine and julius randall i i'm actually kind of surprised that they that they are in not that they don't deserve it but but i thought that they would give it some more marquee names but i i'm very thrilled to see that i'm surprised too that trey young didn't make it because i kind of had him as like a shoe in even in like a reserve role and i had sabonis in um I don't think that Bam Adebayo made it, or did he? He did, he did not. not. No, we were talking about him also, you know? That's a huge snub as well. I mean, I think he's having a monster season. I mean, the only other big man who's averaging more assists than him is Nikola Jokic, who is, yeah. of course, he's a starter. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought that Bam's having an incredible season. So there are some notable snubs, but I am happy to see that Julius Randle got in for you guys, you know, like go New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we were saying, you know, during our last show, I mean, it's only been increasing as he continues to play consistently that the Knicks are, I, I think when they signed him, they probably looked at somebody who at least this year, they would probably trade before the trading deadline. 
If I'm not mistaken, they have an option, a player option for next year. And I think now they might be thinking that um, they're going to extend them to a long-term contract. I mean, it'll be interesting to see because Tom Thibodeau has made a huge difference for that team, and they're obviously playing better than people expected. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's definitely the right call to lock him up at least for three to four years because he's only 26 years old. So, I mean, he has plenty, uh, you know, he had all of the potential and it seems like you're saying Howie that Tom Thibodeau was the key to unlocking his all-star potential, which is great to see because he had so much talent coming out of Kentucky. And when he was on the Lakers, I mean, he's been bouncing around, but he found a home in New York and I'm, I am thrilled to see what he does in the all-star game and in the future for the New York Knicks. No, yep, definitely. definitely. He's, been, he's been great. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to move on to the Western Conference. Um, the starters, we know LeBron, obviously, Jokic, all the main Kawhi, um, Doncic, and Curry. The only thing that was a little questionable about that was either Lillard or Doncic, both very mm-hmm. talented players, both mm-hmm. deserving. I think it was a coin flip. Well, I, even Doncic said that he yeah. thought Lillard deserved to start. I mean, <laughs> but when you look at Doncic's stats, I mean, they speak for themselves. Lillard has done a great job, too. I just think it was a coin oh, yeah. flip. They both have been phenomenal. Absolutely. I mean, in terms of stats, Doncic is having the better season. So my pick was for him to start. I wanted to see him start. He's been an incredible story. He's kind of like a... He's kind of like the most popular player in the league in terms of he's young, he's exciting, he's like the next big European star yeah. after um, after Dirk Nowitzki. You know, he has all these things going for him, and plus he's averaging 28 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Dame time, he's having an incredible season, especially – keeping the Blazers in the playoff race without right-hand man C.J. McCollum. You know, that's an insane feat. But I wanted to see Luka Doncic start, and I'm glad that he earned that title because he is he's having an incredible season. Yeah, I think when we were talking about, like, you know, guys who make it maybe because a little bit of, like, politics or the league is thinking, listen, right. Luka, Luka definitely deserves to be there. But to your point, he, he's going to be a face of the NBA for many years. He's got international appeal. He's going to bring fans into the game. And one interesting thing, a sidebar, uh, before we get to the reserves, is that there are some rumors out there that the uh, the Mavs have been putting out feelers about trading Kristaps uh, Porzingis to see what they can get. They, they're just not sure that he's the right fit. I know a Western Conference executive infuriated Mark Cuban because he was making a comment about the fact that Nowitzki is just extremely stiff out on the on the floor and, and isn't really a good defender. And it's interesting because, the, listen, hometown fans for the Knicks, the Knicks have been maligned for so long. I mean, I, I was a huge Patrick Ewing fan, but nice. who would have ever thought, looking back on that trade at the time, that we would be sitting here two years later and saying that the Knicks probably won that trade? I mean, they got quickly because of it. I think they traded picks to get quickly. No, but I don't think we. I don't know that Quigley was Dallas's pick. Listen, uh, any way you slice it, I think Randall. Mm-hmm. I've seen comparisons between Randall and and KP. Certainly, right. Randall's been more durable. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it goes without saying, but his his stats are, are are better all around. I mean, we're watching the game right now. He's bringing the ball up. He's almost functioning as like 
like a point forward like Giannis or even like you know like LeBron. the big men that handle the ball. I mean, it's very impressive. <laughs> yep. But moving on to the uh, reserves, Lillard, obviously no brainer. Chris Paul, right. I think what season is this for him? Like 16, 17, 18. <laughs> like, and he's amazing. He has the Suns in the four seed right now. I think they've won like 11 out of their last 13 games. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul like reminds me. I remember when Jason Kidd got up there in his career and he was always a phenomenal make the team better guy. Like a guy like that was almost single-handedly responsible for, you know, you could say 10, 15 plus wins. When he went to the Knicks that one year and he was on his last legs, that was the year they won 55 games and made it to the uh, second round of the playoffs. Listen, Chris Paul has had his moments during his career where he's been a little bit selfish, and I still remember when the NBA overturned the trade. Can you imagine oh. if Chris Paul had gone to the Lakers? Oh, my goodness. Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant, they are going to win titles for years, oh. years if that trade yeah. would, have, would have been completed. It's insane. Insane. Yeah. The league stepped in and overturned that, but you've seen – listen – that that is what it is as far as the league goes. But listen, Paul makes teams better every year. I mean, look at the Rockets. Right? What happened? They almost took down the uh, KD Curry Thompson Warriors, and right? they were up three two. Chris Paul goes down with the injury, and then that was that. They yeah. lost. The ironic thing is, looking back on that, you almost wondered: did, Would the Rockets have rather kept Chris Paul if they knew that you know James Harden was going to go south? I mean, in terms of his attitude and stuff. And when you look at what Chris right. Paul did with Oklahoma last year, with the talent on that team. Listen, can't say enough about him. And, you know, anyways, so I don't think people are going to argue with that. But, Jordan, the the rest of the reserves? Yeah, we got Anthony Davis, who, I mean, statistically, this hasn't been one of his best seasons. And he also went down with the injury. He's been injured throughout the season. He's probably going to miss the game. Yeah, he's probably going to miss the game. But I guess he deserved to make it. It's kind of a tough one because, like, he's a star player from L.A., Puts up good numbers, but statistically... Uh, listen, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think uh, you know. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. I, I don't know that you can argue with yeah. that. And again, he's probably not going to be there, so somebody else will get a chance. Yeah, but you got him. You got Gobert, who's probably the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year right now. Best team in the league. They've been amazing. Zion, who's a little questionable. Yeah, just listen, because... I, I think, listen, Zion has the stats... But I also the think team, part of that team. comes down to that yeah. is good for the league to have Zion on that team. Yep. Yeah. And then you got Donovan yeah. Mitchell and Paul George, who both have been great this year. I have no problem with them making it. Jacob, what's your take? What do you think of the guys who made it? Snubs? I mean, and I was also going to yep. ask you, being your close proximity to Utah, if uh, you follow the Jazz closely or you're a Jazz fan or are you a Denver Nuggets fan? Oh, I'd say that I'm mostly a Denver Nuggets fan. Uh, you know, I the, I grew up in Vegas, so I didn't have a hometown team to call my own. So I kind of grew up like a fan of the players. Like I grew up a huge Vince Carter fan. I just I just loved the show that he would put on every year. You know, like the dunk show. But um, you know, I love what the Jazz are doing, and we can talk about that um, in the later segment. But I really like that Zion is on this list i mean he he's having an insane year and as far as fantasy goes too but like he's been on an he's been on a great run lately i mean he's been averaging over 30 points uh, a ton of rebounds uh so you know and like you said he's providing that star power and the all-star game needs that star power especially with no fans going to be in 
attendance. I mean, like they need to have that star power as we're watching it on TV. Um, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Paul George making it because he has missed most of the season with injury. I know he's deserving because he is an all-star caliber player and he provides that star power, but I'm kind of disappointed that Devin Booker didn't make it over him because Booker has been durable. Booker has been balling out. So I'm disappointed in that, but I do know that Booker still has a shot to make it. Um, you know, since Anthony Davis is injured, like you were saying earlier, Jordan, um, either him or Mike Conley, uh, are deserving of that spot. But, you know, Paul George, when he's playing, he's been awesome. So, you know, I'm not saying that he he's not deserving, but I but I did want to see other players before him make it. But, you know, all in all, I like the list. I mean, this is, I mean, this is a star-powered list, and yeah. I really love that Eastern Conference has a bunch of young guns in there making their first appearance. I mean, this is going to be a really fun all-star game. Yeah. Um, I wanted to tell you a quick Vince Carter story, and then then we'll get to sort of your your take on the Jazz and and the Nuggets and yeah some of the other things in the NBA. So there was a period where we went to the draft, um, which was in Brooklyn. Uh, we went four years in a row, and we had some great stories. I mean, there was one time I snuck down stairs with Jordan and his friends, and we met Carl Anthony Towns the year that Chris he got drafted and won. Kristaps Porzingis. Oh, awesome. Trey Young. Michael I mean, Porter. It, we had some really Dang. good stories. We used cool. to go to the players' hotels and, and what have you. So one year we're there, and the NBA TV setup is is like right at the entranceway to the Barclays Arena, and David Robinson was there. And I, I, I've i always been a big autograph guy. Even, even as I got older, I didn't really have the opportunity to do that type of stuff when I was younger. And I would always want to try to get autographs. And David Robinson signs a basketball, beautiful signature. He actually cites like a Bible passage whenever he signs his signature. So very cool. Have it upstairs. Silver Sharpie. So Vince Carter's there. And I've always been Vince Carter, the dunks, half man, half amazing. I'm like, I got to get Vince Carter's autograph. So I go over while Vince is talking and I quietly wait on the side for him to finish. There is nobody else within 20 feet of us. And he comes over and I said, Vince, would you mind signing this basketball for me? NBA basketball. It was like I bought it at Costco. It was like a reproduction NBA indoor outdoor basketball, but no other autographs on the ball. Uh He goes and signs the ball with his signature the size of a half a dollar. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, he walks away and I'm like... This guy just oh. ruined my basketball, man. The ball was thrown out. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. I, I literally posted to Twitter and I wrote Vince Carter, half man, half rear end. But it wasn't oh, it, it wasn't it wasn't as nice as rear end and and said, look at what he did. And I tagged him, hoping he would see it. But anyway, I left it up there for a couple hours and I took it down. But I always have that Vince Carter story that sticks out in my mind. But, I mean, um, I mean, at least he signed it. I was, <laughs> I was thinking that you were going like he refused to sign it. At least he signed it, but yeah, yeah. he kind of, he kind of screwed you over with like a tiny little signature. Like you're gonna need like a micro or a, a microscope to see it. Oh, so small. <laughs> and the funny thing is, the year before he was there at a Verizon booth, and Verizon was actually to Verizon customers, they were giving out these really cool iPhone cases that were made from NBA ball leather. And Vince was signing them. 
So I actually have one of those cases with Vince's signature and his signature on the phone case was larger, much larger than the signature on the ball. But anyway, en- enough about Vince Carter. So okay. curious to hear your your take on on the Nuggets, the Jazz, and then we'll get into some of the uh, the leading candidates for some of the bigger NBA awards as we get to this point in the season. So tell awesome. us, yeah. So um, I'll start. I'll start with the rise of the Jazz. Um, you know, the Jazz have been on an insane run. You know, I'm not discounting their recent dominance, but I looked at the recent run since early January, and I saw a lot of teams with losing records. You know, they're 20-2 and two over their last 22 games, which is no easy feat. Don't get me wrong. In those 20 wins, guess how many teams currently have a winning record? Not that many last time I checked. Well, yeah, I- it's seven. Seven yeah. out of 20 teams have yeah. a winning record. Wow. And three of those seven teams are at 500 or just one game above 500. Yeah. So, and so all-, all this to say... The Jazz haven't had much of a challenging schedule this season. You know, the Jazz are a very talented team with an incredible score in spite of Mitchell and dominant shot, uh, a dominant shot blocker and rebounder in Rudy Gobert. But I don't think their run is sustainable. But I do believe, you know, this Jazz team has what it takes because Conley is stepping up and you need that point guard leader. So I do think that this Jazz team is better than last year. But... I, they are a similar team to the team that got bounced by the Nuggets after being a 3-1. I think that the Nuggets, if they can right the ship um, and at least trade for a solid point guard and move Murray to the two, I do think that the Nuggets team is better than the Jazz, even though the Jazz have been on an insane run lately. Now, do you think with like the Nuggets, you know how like Murray went off in the bubble last year? I think he's been a little bit inconsistent this year. He's had some really good blow-up games, but other games, you know, doesn't show up as much. Do you think that was a factor of just for whatever reason he played better in the bubble? Or are you seeing something because maybe you're watching more of their games on a regular basis in terms of Murray's play? I've always thought that Murray is is a very uneven superstar, which I don't even think you can call him a superstar if you're if you have that many games where you are inconsistent. Like one game he can go off for forty, the next game he gets thirteen points. In the first half he he scores three points, in the second half he scores like thirty. Like it's insane how inconsistent Jamal Murray is, and. Everyone here in Denver was ready to crown him a superstar, and I'm just not there yet. I do think that he has that he is a star and has superstar potential, but he's he is a scorer. He's one of the best scorers in the NBA, but I don't label him a superstar. I think that his teammate Jokic is a bona fide superstar and the best center in the NBA. Not named Joel Embiid, but I would rather have Jokic because he's healthier. But saying all that. I do think that Murray benefited from the bubble. He, you know, all they did was eat, eat and sleep NBA. You know, there was no going out. There was no other factors. There was just basketball. And Jamal Murray thrives when it's just basketball. There's no other factors. There's no other worldly factors. You know, he just focused on basketball and he showed the world that when he has that type of focus, he can dominate, but he's not as good. Like, Regular Jamal Murray is not as good 
as Bubble Murray. Yep, and I think Michael Porter also had a lot to do with them succeeding. Mm-hmm. And also Jeremy Grant, who people tend to forget was on the Nuggets last year, and now he's thriving on the Pistons. But Right. Yeah. What What do you think about Michael Porter Jr.? I know, I know he had a tough start to the season because of COVID, you know, mm-hmm. um, so it seems like he really hasn't been able to get in a, into a consistent groove, but still has the makings of a very talented player when when he's healthy and, and consistently at, be able to get out there for the games. The problem I have with Michael Porter Jr. is that he doesn't play much defense, and that's what Jeremy Grant did for the Nuggets, as Jordan was saying. I mean, that was a low-key, terrible loss for the Nuggets because Jeremy Grant, he did the dirty work in limited minutes. But the Nuggets weren't willing to pay Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy Grant, he wanted to be the man, even if he went to, you know, a lesser team in the Pistons. So Michael Porter Jr., you know, everyone was like, this is his time to shine. But he's just, like you guys said, he's been inconsistent. He's not finding a rhythm. He does have all the potential in the world. But I will say, as a Nuggets fan and I wouldn't be too sad if they traded him for a point guard who can help us win a championship now. Because if we get a Chris Paul-level player, like a no-nonsense point guard who can lead this team, I think that the Nuggets can get over that hump and become a championship team. But the team constructed now with Michael Porter Jr., I don't think they have what it takes to make it past the second round. Yeah. Now, when you look at the overall Western Conference right now, you know, I know with Anthony Davis being out, putting a lot of stress on the Lakers and LeBron for a 36-year-old, but um, how, how do you see the best teams in the in the West shaking out? Who do you think those teams are going to be as we get closer to playoff time, and, and who do you think is going to make some deep runs there? Yeah, so I think it's all about the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, I think I think it's their conference to lose. I love the story of the Suns and CP3, you know, like leading them into the fourth or the fifth seed. Um, I love that Lillard is keeping the Blazers afloat without CJ. And the Spurs are surprising with all of their young players uh, stepping up, you know, like DeJounte Murray and and, uh, they're stepping up big time. But I don't see the Clippers or Lakers not making the finals. Yep. Same. I, I predicted the Lakers in the beginning of the season. Even if they finish as a four seed or five seed because of AD, right. I, I still think they're making the finals just because LeBron. I mean, he's my pick to win MVP right now. Joel Embiid, as of lately, has been impressing me a lot, though. He's just yep. been an absolute monster. They're number one in the in the East. They've been great. But when you look at LeBron, like how old he is and the stats he's putting up – and coming off the shortest break besides the Miami Heat after the bubble, and they're the two or three seed right now, I think that's pretty impressive. Say the Absolutely. Least. Yeah, I had said to Jordan, I was listening to Brian Windhorst a couple weeks ago, and he actually said that in the bubble, LeBron was actually going around lobbying guys about um, the MVP and the, and the fact that, you know, the general feeling was he wasn't going to get it last year and that Giannis got it and that Giannis doesn't win in the playoffs – but it's funny because I saw some rankings earlier today, like an NBA stat page, and they had LeBron as fifth. They had Jokic first and Embiid second. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I you know I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how that's going to be handled at the end of the day, you know? Um, in terms of the right. Eastern Conference, um, 
thinking about teams. What do you think of the Brooklyn Nets? You know, with those three superstars, Jordan, just the, just the mention of the Nets makes Jordan sick to his stomach. He absolutely hates the Nets. I can't figure out why. I don't hate the Nets. I just hate certain people on the Nets. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. I'm, yeah. yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. I mean, like, they sold out to get James Harden. It's almost like they colluded and being like, James Harden, let yourself go and just really trash talk the Rockets so that they will be forced to trade you. Right. Yeah. You know, and like, it just seems very fishy what went on, but they got their way because in today's NBA, it's a player driven league and they can go wherever they want. You know, if they really hold their ground, um, you know, and force a trade. So yeah, I don't see any team in the East beating the Nets. I mean, they can beat them in the regular season, but once the playoffs come, I don't see any team beating a team that has KD, Kyrie, and James Harden in a best of seven series. I just don't see that happening. I think it's the Nets. I think it's the Nets conference to lose. It's going to be the Lakers versus Nets, in my opinion, in the finals. I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers made it, but Nets, it's almost a sure thing for me. Man, that yeah. would be that would be some some matchup. Well, and that's exactly what the NBA wants. That's exactly what right. the NBA wants. True, um, true. But it's amazing. True so, so another right. year where Giannis, Giannis. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully he at least makes it to the Eastern Conference well, Finals. I wanted to talk about that because when I look at the Sixers and Bucks, like the Nets on paper, clearly the more talented team, but mm-hmm. they play no defense. And no. when you look at Joel B. Giannis, unless the Nets get a decent center like Drummond or Whiteside who gets boards and plays somewhat defense, mm-hmm. who is stopping those people? I mean, when I, I think the Sixers have a chance to beat the Nets just because defensively, they're great. Like Simmons and Embiid are both amazing defensively. Then you got Seth Curry, Danny Green, you got Dwight Howard off the bench, you got Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton. All those guys can play. Matisse Thibault is the best defender. Yeah, Tobias Matisse Thibault. I just picked him up in fantasy. He, if you look at his steals and blocks, ridiculous. Right. Well, it's interesting because the Seventy Sixers, obviously Doc Rivers, he's a successful coach wherever he goes. Couldn't get over the hump with the Clippers, unfortunately. But then putting Daryl Morey in charge of that team. And, you know, Jordan and I have talked about him before and his use of analytics, and he just builds winners. I mean, mm-hmm. he makes moves. I mean, the fact that they were able to trade Al Horford and get rid of that huge salary. Um, so the Sixers are definitely playing terrific, and Bede's been playing fantastic as long as you can see. Yeah, it. I'm, I'm, like, looking at the box score right now for the Sixers. Like, you see Joel Embiid, four points, two rebounds. In the first quarter, they're beating the Raptors, 37-18. Korkmaz. Like, no one knows about Korkmaz. Has 16, 16 points in the first quarter. I've never heard of the guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, they have these people <laughs> that can play. They defend, they score. and then He's a three-point gunner. Yeah, sure. Korkmaz, 12 minutes played. The whole first quarter, 16 points. Dang. Wow. Wow, he's on fire right now. You know, like, the Sixers do have the shooters necessary to catch fire like like you see in March Madness, you know, like all these teams, they can catch fire and win any game. It's just that I'm thinking in a best of seven series, they can't stay on fire for seven games. So, I mean, I'm impressed by what the Sixers are doing. I worry about Joel Embiid's back and like, I worry about him staying healthy and playing every game um, in the playoffs. But like you said, Howie, if you have a coach like Doc Rivers, you can stay in every game because he he has one of the best minds in the NBA, 
And when you put one of the best minds with one of the most talented rosters in the NBA, I mean, that's a lethal combination. So like you said, Jordan, I wouldn't count them out against the Nets. I just favor the Nets in a best of seven series. No, yeah, I, I've been watching the Nets. Like, in two, like, they beat the Lakers. Everyone expected them to beat the Lakers. No Schroeder, no um, AD. Like, okay, understandable. Right. Them against the Clippers with no KD. I honestly thought the Clippers should have won. I thought that call was absolute bogus. I think James Harden gets every call, no matter what yeah. the scenario is. That's just my opinion. No hate towards James Harden, even though I dislike he does. him. Yeah. But he gets every call. So, yeah. I don't know. So, Jacob, as we wind down here, um, we wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, you already talked about your finals predictions. Wanted to get your thoughts on who you think the favorite is for MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, and Defensive Player of the Year. So we'll start with MVP. All right. So MVP, I'm going with my boy, Nikola Jokic. And here's why. He ranks second in field goals, second in steals, third in assists, sixth in points, ninth in rebounds. He's first in win shares, and he's second in player efficiency rating. And lastly, Jokic has a plus minus of 11.1, which is a full 2.4 points higher than second place Joel Embiid. The only knock on Jokic is that the Nuggets are only currently the seventh seed in the West, but without Jokic, that Nuggets team is dead last in the West. So, Nikola Jokic for MVP. Let's Listen, speak I, it into I, I love Jokic. I've loved Jokic since he's started blowing up. I mean, I, I've right. been a big fan of him. I had him in fantasy last year, and you just look at his stats as a center. Like, oh, usually yeah. you see those stats for guards or even small forwards with Giannis, LeBron, but he's a center doing all this. And he's not even, like, you look at Embiid, he's a big guy, muscular. Jokic is just, like, <laughs> he just does no, it. It's, 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 <laughs> almost, it's, it's like, it's like Luca. I'm not, I don't want to stereotype um, sure. international players, but it, but it's almost like just deceptively, you know, like Larry Birdish, like just uh-huh. deceptive, not the fastest guy on the court, but just one of the smartest guys on the court. Exactly. Um, now they th- prove that you don't have to be the most muscular, the most in shape, the most toned guy to get the job done. Like you said, it's all about, it's all about what's going on in your head. And they are like the smartest players in the NBA. And now Dirk, did Dirk went Dirk won MVP one year, right? Was Dirk oh, Nowitzki MVP? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, I know I was, he won finals MVP one time. Yeah, because I was just thinking if he would be the first international player. But, I mean, mm. Steve Nash yeah. won it twice, and he was from Canada. But I think Dirk did win it. Okay. Look at but um, So, Rookie of the Year. Uh, it, it, it seems at this point like there's one clear winner of Rookie of the Year. But right. we, we have to ask anyway. Yeah, I mean, I won't even spend a lot of time on this because it's LaMelo Ball and it's not even close. Ball has just been otherworldly as yeah. a starting guard for the Hornets. What do you guys think? I mean, I agree. I, I mean, I've been, I've been, the crazy thing is I've been following LaMelo Ball since he's been in ninth grade at Chino Hills winning with his two sure. brothers because he's my age. So it's kind of interesting okay, yeah. to see. Yeah, I, I, I always... I always Didn't he score like 130 points one time? Right. Yeah, I think it was, it was 92. 92 and 70 yeah, right, of the points right. were cherry picks. Yeah, I, I always right. was predisposed to think negatively about the Ball brothers just because the dad initially right. was such like just came off it so outlandish um, at right. the end of the day. But I have to give this guy credit. I mean, the talent that he has with his size and everything, you know, I'm when he went to the Hornets, I didn't really think twice about it, but it would have been nice if the Knicks 
were able to get him. Oh, we got quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Topin, who's been not so, I love quickly. Yeah. I, I love think. his game. He's a good uh Emmanuel Quickly is a good three point shooter and he's a good um uh, free throw shooter. I think they need to give him some more minutes. Yeah, he, I would agree. He's almost having a fifty forty ninety season right now. Yeah, that's Ooh. one of Thib- one of the knocks on Thibodeau always been he plays his guys too many minutes and you know, right. he, he leans on guys that are veterans. But the crazy thing is in the NBA these days, a veteran could be 26 or 27. It's not like they're 33. True. So um, so uh, defensive player of the year. I know Jordan mentioned Rudy Gobert. Yeah. So what's I, your thoughts on defensive player of the year? That's my pick too. You know, I, I strongly considered Miles Turner there because yeah, he's blocking same. over four shots a game, which has only been done two or three times in, in the history of the NBA. Uh, but, you know, without Gobert, that Jazz team probably loses half of their game. So I just – I think that Rudy Gobert's defensive presence uh, is a lot more effective than just the blocks that Miles Turner is getting. So I will have to agree with Jordan. I'm going with Rudy Gobert for sure. Yeah. It's pretty uh, interesting considering a year ago, almost a year ago to the day, was the episode with COVID when the NBA shut down and oh, it was man. very depressing. Um, but right. Go, Gobert has done a nice job redeeming himself. Yeah, I, yes. I, I mentioned Miles Turner earlier, like in the month to my father. He just blocks wise, he's insane. Right. <laughs> and then right. it's insane. I think it's like four point two a game. Yeah, and also I mentioned um, Butcher, who's on, who's also probably a leading candidate for most improved, mm-hmm. um, behind Jeremy Grant um, and yeah. Julius Randle. Yeah. But Butcher has been blocking like how many, like two or three a game. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But my pick's Gobert. And, and last but not least, most improved player. Who are your thoughts on that? Most improved, most improved player, we talked about him a few times and you just said his name. I'll go with Jeremy Grant. I just, you know, to go from averaging his career high in, in points averaged was 13.6. And this year it's 23.5. Wow. I mean, all of his stats across the board are insanely better than what they have been. And, of course, that helps that he went to what we call a wasteland team with right. the Detroit Pistons. I mean, he went with a team that needs – that is starving for star power. And we didn't know that Grant had star power until he went to the Pistons. And now he's a defensive and an offensive force. So I I definitely think it's his to lose. It's amazing when a guy gets minutes, you know what I'm saying? And, right. and, and he has some time to shine. But yeah. uh, listen, Jacob, I think, I think we're, that's going to bring it to the end of the show. We want to give you time to go you know, be with your wife again. I just wanted to ask one thing. Um, just bringing in a little bit of football, what were your thoughts on the Wentz trade? Uh, Good question. So I saw that I saw the Carson Wentz trade as more of an upgrade for Jalen Hurts because I'm just a huge – Jalen Hurts fan. I'm really excited to see what he can do with a full season as the starting quarterback of the Eagles. Um, as far as Wentz goes, I'm really happy for him as a man that he gets to reunite with his old coach, Frank Reich. I think that Reich can get him right. <laughs> and, yes. uh, you know, I think that that was a really good landing spot because the Colts have a brilliant offensive line an amazing running back in Jonathan Taylor. So if Wentz is going to turn it around, it's going to be with the Colts. Yeah, this is so more I think, of a do-or-die situation for Wentz. If he can't get it done with one of the best O-lines in the league, right. he 
can't get it done at all. Yeah, and, and a great exactly. running back too. Yeah. So exactly. uh, Jacob, just real quick before we have you your shout out, your your Twitter handle and whatever other social media you, you wanna put out there for our fans. I just yeah. saw a post on Twitter where a guy said sources NBA to announce third all star team. Starters in the East, Trey Young well they, he mixed up the players. So he said, mm-hmm. Trey Young, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Sabonis, and Adebayo. Oh, I forgot about Middleton, actually. Well, with, with reserves of Tobias Harris, Brandon Ingram, De'Aaron Fox, Fred Van Fleet, DeMar DeRozan, Shai Gilgis Alexander, and Gordon Hayward. So, Gordon Hayward. Th- that's not, even just the best, not even the best player on the team, in my opinion. Well, I Terry think, Rozier? Eh, I think Gordon right. Hayward's had a good season. Anyway, it's always it's always fun to see those type of things. But Jacob, yeah. go, go ahead and 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 shout out you know whatever you want to shout out for for all of the 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 groups you're affiliated with for fantasy. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at ain't done yet, and done is spelled D U N N E. You can follow me on Twitter for my NBA content. I tweet about the NBA and fantasy basketball as well as football. But I have my fantasy basketball hat on right now since we're in season you know i would love for you guys to follow me and ask me any fantasy or life related questions you have i'm always happy to help so anytime you want to reach out to me i'm available all right sounds good thank you again jacob for taking time out of your busy schedule to come be a part of the jacob's dynasty sports podcast we were very happy to have you for our second time, hopefully we'll have you again for a third time. Probably for baseball or hockey because you do so many <laughs> sports. But yep. absolutely, guys, thanks for having me on, guys. I love this father son duo, so you know I'm happy to come on anytime to chat sports with you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thanks again. for joining us. Absolutely.